is at times like these when a lot of people wonder what's happening. And there are many churches that would not tolerate this. Uh, We're in a battle. And during the past however long it's been, 10 minutes, 15, whatever, I don't know. Um, We've been here in silence before God. And uh, as he was ministering to me, he shared with me that he has been ministering to every person here, working with them. So then the question is, what has he been doing in you during this time? You know, if you go to a professional massage therapist or a chiropractor, you're there and you know when they're doing something to you. You feel it. They're making adjustments working out knots in the muscles and and what have you. But in times like this, we don't feel anything. And yet, we've made a decision to subject ourselves to His presence for Him to work in us. And one of the things that he shared with me is that he is pleased. He said, I am well pleased with this here this morning. And he said, you will bear the fruit of what he has done. Now granted, we have to live in the expectation of that happening. You know, when Jesus was praying prior to His arrest, He spoke to the disciples and He said, you know, why can't you tarry with Me for one hour? Now, some people have taken that and turned it into a doctrine that we're supposed to be with Him one hour at a time or in a day, whatever. But the whole concept of tarrying is talking about waiting with an expectation. It can be very easy to become mentally distracted during times like this. And we have to bring our thoughts back in and refocus on Him. This has been a form of tarrying, but it needs to be done always with expectation and expecting that He's doing something in me. What? I'm not really sure, but He is doing something. And then it's a matter of, you know, Father, this work that you've been working in me, I receive it.
And I receive the purpose for it. What it is that that is supposed to take place as a result. Right before I came up here, he began ministering to me about um, how we are guarding our hearts. You know, in the, in the Bible, and I don't remember all the chapters and verses, but it talks about there are many voices, many voices. One of the things that he mentioned to me is there are those in this room who are watching, listening to this. You are opening yourself up to false doctrine by virtue of social media. You are paying far, far too much attention to what other voices are saying. Here's what can happen, and, I, and I've seen it in the past in people. You begin listening to these other voices, the voices of Christians, and it begins to have an impact. If you listen, if you just God has designed supernaturally that what we listen to becomes that which impacts our lives. How many times have you just, you start thinking about a song and you don't know why am I listening to that song? Well, maybe that was one of your favorites years ago and so you not only listen to it, but you look forward to it. It's the same thing with those who speak their mind as opposed to speaking God's Word from their heart. There are people out there who are posting things on social media it's filth. And it doesn't have to have four-letter words to be filth. I mean, quite frankly, if you know someone who professes to be a Christian and they're posting things that have four-letter words in them, you need to, you need to delete that person or whatever it is that you need to separate yourself from that person. Because they are a heretic. I hope you're hearing me. They are a heretic. And they may be able to say the right words here, but their heart is revealed through social media. And along with that, there are Christians who don't necessarily use the four-letter words, but if you continue allowing those voices into your life, it can begin to sow seeds of doubt in what you believe. Now I've seen that. It's happened in this church over the years where people, someone would be listening to another voice and listen and listen and then begin doubting 
their experiences with God and the Holy Spirit, questioning what is heard here. And in some cases, eventually leaving. And, and when God shared that with me, said there are those who are opening themselves up to false prophets, which would ultimately ultimately mean the, the false doctrine as well. You're headed down a wrong path. And God is, He is concerned more than you. And I don't know who all this applies to. But you need to, you need to guard yourself on this. I personally, like when it comes to Facebook, for me, I've unfriended people who profess Christ, but I don't want what they're saying through that medium to impact me. I don't want it. I don't want to open myself up to that. There are people that I have eliminated from our mailing list, our ministry mailing list, because of their doctrinal position, positions of error. And I don't want. And I don't want to hear it. I don't want the feedback. And there are people who have requested to be removed from the mailing list because they are so caught up in error that the truth has become an irritation to them. And they don't want it anymore. This is one of the reasons why you cannot continue to, to whomever, you know, you can't continue to play games when it comes to whether you're here or not. Now I do understand that for many people there are extenuating circumstances relative to their attendance. But I want you to hear what I'm saying. I'm not asking for your money. I'm, I'm talking about your attendance here. How many people are not here today who absolutely needed what God did and is doing in this service? But they chose not to be here just because they could choose not to be here. You need to understand, never again in all of history, never again will this moment take place. Never again. And people would want to argue that. Well, you know, he, God can do anything. And He is. And He has to this point. This, what's happening today, cannot ever be replicated because God's plan for now is happening. And His plan for now is not going to happen tonight. His plan for tonight will happen for tonight. But His plan for now is not going to happen ever again. And there are people who could have been here today 
who aren't. Maybe they felt a little tired. Well, maybe they did. Maybe a nap this afternoon didn't cross their mind. I don't know. But see, in a church like this and what we're doing, this is critical. It's very much critical because, as we've heard so many times, there's a separation that's taking place in the body of Christ. There is... And the separation, it isn't that God is driving people away. It's that people are separating themselves from Him. Like what He mentioned earlier about the people who are opening themselves up to the false prophets in social media. You need to understand, those people, even if they're in church every Sunday, every time the door is open, those people have separated and are continuing to separate themselves from God no matter what they say. And here's the danger. Somebody listening to this, uh, however they'd be listening to it, could come back and try and refute this and say, I'm not separating myself from God. But what I say is, show me in the Word where what you're doing is in line with what God has said. And I can show you where it's not. Therefore, who's doing the separating? If God has already lined it out on His Word, and you are going opposite of that, you're the one that's separating yourself. Too many Christians do not take this Seriously, we do not understand the, the totality of our condition. It's, and it's extremely difficult to try to put into words. We really do not know what lost was all about. We do not understand. There really are only three people in all of history who understood lost in, in, a, in a more clear way. Adam, Eve, and Jesus. Those three. That's it. Because the rest of us came into existence in a lost condition. So we don't know. We do not understand what lost really means from God's perspective. We talk about being born again. Truth is, we really don't understand the magnitude of what born again really means from God's perspective. We can read about it in Scripture. But you know, there's a place in Scripture where it talks about and I'm going to paraphrase. How in the world are we going to make it if we neglect so great salvation? And so what happens is we take for granted that we understand born again the way we're supposed to. 
but we don't assume it's possible to understand it more. Born again, washed in the blood, going to heaven. But that that is so basic, so elementary, and really, that's almost an insult to God. Because when we read in Scripture about the kingdom, about conforming to the image of Christ, it's almost as though we acknowledge that it's written but we dismiss the reality of its potential. God is wanting to take us into that potential. But it can't happen if we don't do what we are supposed to do, if we don't accept that it's possible. And and quite frankly, I think I speak for maybe everybody in this room we have not yet come to the place of accepting a potential we do not understand. We believe, we say, and it's an act of faith. Part of the proof of our not accepting the fullness of this is simply how we live our lives. It's it's how we handle the day-to-day situations, how we do not accept that, like God said about opening ourselves up to the false prophets, we don't, it's like we don't see the danger in that. We don't understand, okay, try to look at it like this. Here's what, let me try and present it this way like what he's sharing with me right now. Okay, I'll say it like this. Here's God speaking, saying, if we had social media in heaven, do you think those things would be said? Do you understand what I'm getting at? So therefore, why would we want to soil our minds, our souls, our spirits with that which cannot produce in us food for our edification. I have no doubt but what I will be unfriending even more people because I just don't want it. None of us should. And it's possible the person, the next person I unfriend could be in this room. I don't know. I mean, I'm not prophesying. But I'm just saying, we have taken, for well, no, we have taken a very simplistic approach to guarding our hearts from the things that we do not need in our lives. There is a level of expectation from God that goes way beyond 
what we realize. Part of it's because we've been so influenced by carnality and lukewarmness in the body of Christ that we just accept those standards as being a way to live. Not sin. Just, well, like one time the Lord shared with me, this is a while back, He said, you're surfing. And what He meant was that I had progressed to a point in Him and I really wasn't pushing hard enough to go further as far as understanding the Word and what have you. In other words, I was surfing on the level of revelation that I had in my life and I had become comfortable with that. I don't want to keep surfing. I don't want to keep surfing. Surfing, you can only do surface surfing on the surface. You cannot go deeper when you're surfing. I don't want it to be like that for me. You know, I want to get to the place to where I am so much like Jesus that I I am quick to be able to identify anything that contradicts the Word of God. And not only identify it, but also refuse to continue to receive it, and if necessary, confront it the way Jesus did. It's not easy. But if we're going to become everything that He wants us to become, it's not an option. This is what we have to do. And and here's what's happened here over the years. You know, I've been here now over 20, over 20 years as the pastor. And because of this, this path that we're on and pressing deeper, we've lost a lot of people. We haven't necessarily lost them, you know, back in descent or, or what have you. But we've lost them because it got to a point to where what was happening here spiritually it resulted in great conflict within them. And instead of continuing to get into the Word, they just refused and eventually left. You know, um, when people do that, I mean, what are you going to do? I'm not chasing after them. It won't help. I cannot change a person's heart. All I can do is provide the information that, when applied, can bring about change. That's it. And so we've lost a lot of people over the years. And there are some people I'm sensing People who have called this their home church within the last, I don't know, year and a half, two years, whatever. Um, they are at a place in life to where 
they're they're on the fence. If you understand what that means. They're on the fence about coming back, about being here, about continuing to attend. You better be sure that the voices you're listening to come from one place and one place alone, and that is the heart of God. You better be sure you're listening to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And not let yourself be drawn away. Because this whole thing of the deception in the end time, if it weren't subtle, it wouldn't work. And there are people here. See, if Satan cannot pull you back into the world for sin, he will, he will settle from pulling you away from diligence to pressing into God for an outpouring and revival. Because if He can neutralize us in that way, we are no longer a genuine threat to Him. And, and our lives of I say in Jesus' name, become more words than authority. There are, there are people, very probably, in this room right now, you're being challenged. And um, if you allow the external events that have impacted emotions to govern your thoughts and decisions, you're on a wrong path. It may not be a path back into the world, away from Jesus, but it is a path that will take you away from the fullness of what God wants to do in your life. And look, you need to understand, and I think many of you do, there are not that many churches like this doesn't make us better. However, God can only move to the extent that a church allows Him. He can't go beyond that. Because if He could, we would be seeing every church, every church, glowing with His glory. You know what I mean. It's not happening. And it won't happen. But we want to see it here. And so it requires a lot from us. Some people would say, well, it, you know, all this about needing to be here, that's legalism. No, it's not legalism. See, here's the thing. When God says, I want you in such and such a church, and you are truly, genuinely pressing into Him for this outpouring, there is going to be a yearning in your heart to be with the others who are pressing in the same way. It's going to be there. Now again, I know that for some people there are extenuating circumstances. You know, for example, uh, like Kathy's mother, she, she battles macular degeneration. Gary Carpenter's mother battles macular degeneration. I mean, I don't know if anybody in here is doing that or not, but what I'm saying is, people in that kind of a battle 
well, they really can't drive at night. So I understand. That's just one simple illustration of an extenuating circumstance. But it doesn't mean that there can't be a healing manifested. It can be. But that's part of the battle. And so therefore, you know, people need to, we need to take this more seriously than what we do. I know there are times of tiredness. There are times when I'm here and I'm feeling tired. There are times when, you know, for me, like on a Sunday, it would feel so much better, you know, to go home after the morning service, crawl back into bed and just stay there. But I don't. I rarely ever go home. I'm here throughout the day. In fact, sometimes I've been here, and in the afternoon, I've been back there, you know, studying, praying, whatever, and I've literally fallen asleep in my chair. And then I wake up and didn't realize I'd fallen asleep. (laughs) It's like, well, praise God, I guess I needed it. The point I'm making is, we have to fight everything that doesn't want us to go forward and beat it. We have to. That's just, these people that talk about getting up at five in the morning, I admire those folks. I really do. Um, I really want to get back to getting up early in the morning. I've become slothful in my sleep. And that needs to change. All of our battles, well, they vary. However, ultimately, they are the same. Beating whatever it is that would keep us from pressing in. What we need to do for each of us, and I'm in this too, is just take an honest approach to this. And make a decision. You know, how bad do we want it? As an individual, you know, how bad do I want it? How bad? You know, here not too long ago, Kathy and I decided to uh, cancel the cable TV. Not because we were highly offended at everything. We just got tired of spending the money. But see, I knew that when we did that, that I wouldn't be able to watch some of the sporting programs that I like. But you know what? It wasn't just the money. I realized I don't need to be watching all that anyway. In fact, I'd gotten to the point I wasn't watching that much to begin with. The point I'm making is I knew that ultimately it would be a benefit to me the less I watch the better I am. You know, I shared with you before, time is a vacuum. It will be filled with something. So if it's not filled with me watching a TV program, you know what? It might be filled with me praying. It might be filled with me in the Word. It might be filled with me worshiping. That's part of the battle. And each, each one of us are fighting a battle on a different front, or battles, but it's still the same, the goal is still the same. Everything 
that would interfere with us from going deeper into God. It's got to be dealt with. We have to make a decision if we want it. And if we want it, we take up arms and go at it. And here's the thing. If we make that decision, God will help us. He absolutely will help us. He's talked in His Word about being our strength. About being there to help us. About, you know, as we would say it, granting to us a greater anointing. It will happen. And He'll bring us face to face with these things that we are able to stop. Here not too long ago, uh, He just impressed upon me the phrase, beat the flesh. Beating the flesh is not simply about stopping sin. Beating the flesh is telling the flesh, I'm not going to do what you perceive as being the greater comfort in my life. Beating the flesh means who I am in Christ will dominate how I live in this world. Folks, we have some, some tough decisions to make, every one of us. You know, how, how are we going to do this? And we can't use the excuse that I'm too old or too this or too that. We can't do it. You know, God knew what age we'd be when we came to this service today. And He knew it from before the foundation of the world. Therefore, we have no excuse that we can present to Him and Him say, well, I hadn't thought of that. You're right. No. He will say, I've already prepared for that. Let me give it to you. Let me show you this victory. You know, I had a really good sermon prepared. <laughs> I was actually going to give you notes today. Yeah. But that's the way it goes. One of the things that for me, as a challenge, is trusting myself to be sensitive enough to the leading of the Lord to let Him do what He wants in a service. And uh, I want to get to the place to where that's no longer. I want to get to the place where it's like Jesus, where He knew all the time what to do, what to say, where to go. I want to be like that. I'm closer to it than I've ever been. But I'm going to continue to get like that. So, uh, thank God for this service. Thank God for what He's done. And remember, you're here, and those of you watching the same thing, you're here. God has done something in every single one of us today. Praise the Lord. Father, I thank You for this service. Father, it, um, it, it's just a departure from what we would call the norm. But the norm needs to become us following You no matter what direction a service goes. That needs to be the norm. Father, You've worked in every single one of us today. You've encouraged us to choose You. And so, 
Whatever it is that You've done in us, I'm asking You, please reveal it to us or help us understand it or, or help us be in submission to it so that it accomplishes what You desire and we will bear the fruit of what You've done. And I thank You for that. And Father, again, I want to thank You that by Jesus' stripes we were healed. And I say that no affliction, no, no sickness, Father, can successfully dwell in our bodies because healing power lives in us. And Your Word lives in us. And Your Word says that by Jesus' stripes we were healed and the life of Your Word in us heals us, and delivers us. So I thank You, Father, for manifested healing in every one of our bodies. I praise You for it. And I ask You to work on us, prepare us, Father, our hearts and minds for what You want to do tonight. I say Your will be done. Thank You again for what You've done in this service. And Jesus, we give You all the praise and glory. In your name, Lord, amen.